What's good, everybody? It's your boy Valdez, aka the Angry Man, coming at you live today to bring you the best content YouTube has to offer. First and foremost, let me say shout out to the Angry Man Nation. Salute to the Angry Man Army. One love to the faithful few. Long live the commission. Before we even get started, the first thing that I want to say, and by the way, shout out to Cats938 for the donation. I appreciate it. But the first thing I want to do, I want to give a special thanks to the faithful few. And the reason why I want to give a special thanks to the faithful few is because the faithful few are the individuals who make it possible for you guys to view all of this content. So every time I do a live stream every day, the only reason I'm able to do a live stream every day is because of the faithful few. One of those individuals is Cats938, who you guys noticed donated a little while ago. And if you notice at the beginning of every, of every single show, I say to you guys, I say this very specifically. I say the Angry Man Show is made possible by viewers. It's made possible by support from viewers, subscribers, and fans like you. We do not get any AdSense revenue. Ever since the AdSense apocalypse happened, we have moved away from getting AdSense revenue. We don't get any AdSense revenue. We don't get any corporate funding. We are funded the same way PBS is funded. By viewers like you. The only problem is... When we say that, there's a very low percentage of viewers who actually donate. Very low. Very low percentage. That low percentage I have dubbed the faithful few. Now over here, because of the fact that we do not take any AdSense revenue and we do not use the Super Chat button, what we do... What we do is we use what is called Extreme Chat, which is set up through Streamlabs. The link that I am posting in the room right now, you click on that link, you go over to Streamlabs, you set it up using PayPal. I did have it to where you could use your credit card, but for some reason that's not working properly. Everybody's getting an error message. But you go over there, you use PayPal to set it up. Once you set it up, you can make your donations and you can put your messages in the little message bar. And I will read that message at the end of the show. If I don't read it at the end of the show, it's because we didn't have a lot of donations. And I'll wait till the next day to read all of the uh, donations in one show. Okay? What it will show... It will show your YouTube name, and it will show your message. So for those of you who have PayPal, you do not need to worry about it showing your personal information. It will not. Because it is going through Streamlabs, it is showing only your YouTube name and your message. Now, every once in a while, I have to say that because I know some of you are worried about it showing your personal information. It will not. And when you click on the link... It will come up like this. Everyone will see your YouTube name, bright, 
with Link holding up the TriStar, and it will have your message in there, and I will read your message. Now, why is this important? And I'm going to need you guys to hit the link. I'm not just saying this for my health. When I say that the channel is supported by you, that's exactly what I mean. If you do not support the channel, I will not be able to continue doing YouTube. That's just the reality. That's just the reality of it. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because this goes directly in line with my topic today. My topic is the economics of YouTube. And there are economics in YouTube. Now, what you will notice on YouTube, appreciate you, uh, baby boomer. What you will notice in YouTube is that there are some individuals who, in the black sector of YouTube, this does not really occur in other sectors of YouTube. Appreciate you, Water Sniper. This does not happen in other sectors of YouTube. Okay? What I'm talking about is the shaming of YouTube content creators expecting for the people who watch them to contribute to their channel. All right? This does not happen in other sectors of YouTube. By other sectors of YouTube, I mean sectors of YouTube that consist of other races aside from black people. In fact, this doesn't even happen in the female black sector of YouTube. This only happens in the male black sector of YouTube. What is this happening or this occurring that I am speaking of? What I am speaking of is numerous black men shaming other YouTubers and telling them that they should not be asking for donations. Now, quite recently, there was a YouTuber who goes by the name of Big J Triple X, who has said numerous times that brothers on YouTube that are in the black manosphere should not be asking for donations. There have been numerous times that O'Shea Duke Jackson, even though he receives donations every day, has stated that brothers need to stop begging for donations. Appreciate you, Maxwell285. He even shamed Obsidian, saying that Obsidian does not have the right to demand donations. Stating that if the people liked his content, they would donate. That is not necessarily true. In fact, I would argue that that logic means that if a person, let's say Jay-Z, for instance, were to have a concert, but instead of telling people, appreciate you DMV Nitro, but instead of telling people that they need to pay for their ticket at the door, let's say Jay-Z says, everybody can come in and watch the concert and... If you feel like it, pay for a ticket. Now, if 
20,000 people come in, how many people do you think would pay for the ticket if they've already gotten in and they can watch the show without paying for a ticket? Just out of curiosity, how many, what percentage of those people do you think on the way out the door after they've watched the show, somebody's standing there saying, hey, you can pay for a ticket now if you want to pay for a ticket. How many, how many, how many people do you think would pay for the ticket after they've already seen the show? Now, I wouldn't say zero. There are going to be some people in that audience that's going to say, that was a good show, and they're going to pay something. My guess would be around 10, maybe 20%. 10, maybe 20% at the most. The reason why is because when people get something for free, or they feel like they're getting something for free, they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay. That's, That's just the reality of it. Now, Obsidian, and the reason why I use Obsidian is because Obsidian is an advocate for YouTube content creators being compensated. Excuse me, black YouTube content creators being compensated because in the white sector of YouTube, this is not an issue. It's not an issue. Um, White people tend to have more of a uh, uh, they have more of the spirit of ph- philanthropy. In other words, in their culture, they believe that you're supposed to give, you're supposed to donate, things of that nature. In black culture, we don't. If we can get some shit for free, we're just going to take it, and that's going to be the end of it. Okay? But... Obsidian has talked about it numerous times. I've talked about it numerous times. Sometimes I've even talked about it on his show, his blog talk radio show that he had. For, I'd say, the better part of 50 years, the past 50 years, 50 to 60 years, um, black men have not been represented in media. We have not. This is a reality. This is a reality whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Um, Black men have not been represented in media. And because of the fact that we haven't been represented in media, everybody else has been telling our narrative. Everybody else has been giving their opinions about what black men are, what we think about, what we do on a regular basis, our faults, our strengths, if they feel like we have any, everybody else has been able to speak for us. Now, the reason why this uh, has occurred is because for a very long time, media has been closed out to the regular public. Meaning, you have to go through a process. You have to go through a process in order to get into media. In fact, in some cases, you have to be groomed to be in media because they want people who are going to speak to certain issues and not to other issues. Now, it is no mystery that black men have always been 
Under siege, we have always been a disliked group. We have always been portrayed in a negative light. Now, the only thing that can stop us from being portrayed in the negative light is if we have the ability to tell our own narrative. If we have the ability to address some of the things, the allegations that are made against us. Now, prior to YouTube, we did not have that ability because they would not allow us to get into media. Now, when YouTube came along, which is a innovative platform in 2005, it was a way for people to express themselves, which is why it's called YouTube, because it's you putting your information. In fact, the, the, the little uh, thing under YouTube says broadcast yourself. Now, prior to that, you couldn't just broadcast on a television uh, show or a television channel. Let's say for argument's sake that you wanted to put something on TV. Yeah, you could get on the local public access channel because that's local. A lot of people aren't going to see that. But before you are allowed to get on national television, appreciate you, Lamont125. Before you're allowed to get on national television and start spewing out whatever you feel like spewing out, they want to make sure you're going to say the right things. Why do you think back in the day, if they were on a show and somebody started saying something that they shouldn't be saying, you would get the, you would get that message and then they'll have something on the screen that says, uh, stand by. Matter of fact, I'll show you exactly what used to come up. So let's say for argument's sake, you were on TV and you were saying something that they didn't want everybody to hear. Something that, that they felt was, oh no, we can't let this person tell everybody this. What would happen is you would be dead in the middle of your sentence and all of a sudden you would hear, and it would be this sign that says, please stand by. Okay, that's what would happen. That's what would happen. In fact, a little bit of trivia, the show Saturday Night Live, the show Saturday Night Live used to be a live show. But after Richard Pryor hosted Saturday Night Live, they started having a delay. They would put a delay on it. So now it is not a live show. They put a delay on it so that if you say something that's a little too crazy, because they are regulated by the FCC, if you say something that's a little too crazy, they can edit it on the spot and then put it back up there. All right? So, now bear with me. I know you're like, damn, angry man, what, what's your point? If you don't know my point, you're probably going to be lost for the rest of this. But just bear with me. YouTube changed all of that. <laughs> and the only reason YouTube changed all of that is because nobody ever thought that people putting out their own videos was going to become this popular. They never thought that. 
Never in a million years did they think that. Why do you think they're repealing net neutrality right now? They're trying to get this thing back under control. Now, that sucks for them, but that's awesome for the black male. And the reason why, because it allowed us to sneak in the door. So on YouTube, what you have witnessed, you've witnessed the emergence of black male media. This is the only place where you will find black male media. It's the only place. And prior to the YouTube apocalypse, we pretty much had free range to talk about whatever and go ham. This is how we built the black manosphere. And if you were on BGS's Hangout a couple of weekends ago, you heard Dr. T. Hassan Johnson, shout out to Brother Hassan, he said, I know they're censoring you guys because I used to be able to find your videos with no problem. Now I'm having difficulty finding your videos. Now, here's a brother who has worked in uh, college academia for 20 plus years. Twenty plus years. And in the 20 plus years that this brother has been in academia, he has been teaching and he stayed true to being black. And he says that the things that many of us brothers have been saying are so valuable and important. Why is it important? It is important because one, we finally can tell our narrative in the exact light that it is. If somebody comes out on TV and they say something messed up about brothers, all of us can take to YouTube and as a collective, I'm going to do my video about what was said. BGS going to do his video. Uh, uh, um, you know, Kevin is going to do his video. Jap is going to do his video. All of these different guys. Black Ram. All of these different guys are going to do their videos. And individually, it might not mean much. But if I have thousands of subscribers and another YouTuber has thousands of subscribers, you put all of that together. It matters. It matters. Now, if we are not bankable in mainstream media. Meaning. They don't feel that nobody's going to pay for black male media, which is somewhat true. Because black men do not, for the most part, put their wallet where their concerns are. We don't. We don't support the change we want to see. That's just a reality. Now, if they feel like that in mainstream media... The only place that we can build anything is here on YouTube. And a lot of us are fighting because we're being censored. We're being censored. Um, those of you who know about Al Grease, who made the documentary Frustrated and Frustrated 2. That brother went to BET. He went to uh, TV One. 
And because the videos that he made, the documentaries that he made are geared towards telling the narrative of what black men go through or what men go through in general, they told him, the executives there, the, the executives that were men, they told him, like, one executive told him, well, we can't show this. Another de executive told him, I love the documentary, but we can't show it. And every single time, the, the reason was the same, because this is going to offend women. So the brother had to go different route. All right. Now, around this time, when I met the brother, I promoted his stuff on my channel, told everybody to go check out his documentaries. The reason why I did that is because I understand that nobody is going to support us black men except black men. There are going to be a few sisters out there that are willing to support, but Nobody outside of that is going to support us. Nobody outside of that is going to support us. So when you have this going on and then you have individuals like Obsidian getting on YouTube and Obsidian is the black Rush Limbaugh of YouTube. Whether you want to give him props for that or not, he's the black Rush Limbaugh of YouTube. Okay. Me, I'm more like the Petey Green of YouTube. You don't know who that is? You should look him up. Brother was a radio personality back in the day, back in the 70s. They used to say exactly what was on his mind. 60s and 70s, I think. Um, I think Don Cheadle actually played him in a, in a biopic. Um, I think the name of him was Talk To Me. Matter of fact, here it is right here. I'll pull it up for you guys to see it. If you don't know who this guy is, you need to go check him out. You need to go check out this movie. Movie Talk to Me. The true life story of Ralph Petey Green. Radio personality said exactly what was on his mind. So for all of you out there who think that the angry man is trying to be like Tommy Sotomayor, you don't know what you're talking about. I came to YouTube and wanted to be a YouTuber because in fact, I was inspired by the Hodge twins. But before that, I've actually considered being a radio personality. I looked up to the likes of Ralph Petey Green and uh, Howard Stern. And any of you that know anything about Petey Green or Howard Stern, you would know that you would see the influence. You'd see how I behave on my chat on my channel and how I interact with people. You would see all of that. Okay? But for the most part, black men, we have not had a voice for ourselves on YouTube. Okay? Exactly. Shock jocks. You um we have not had a voice. So now that we have this, even though we are fighting, even though we are fighting, even though we are fighting constant, uh, uh, this constant barrage of censorship, we are putting a dent in the bullshit rhetoric that goes on about men. In fact, even here on YouTube, a lot of the black women, they've chilled on some of the rhetoric. It's not as bad as it was. 
It's not as bad as it was. And like us or love us, regardless of what drama that we have going on in the black manosphere, the beef between me and O'Shea, and, and all of these different things that's going on. Why is my thing? Regardless of all of this that's going on. Excuse me, y'all. Trying to figure out why my, what you call it, is dying. Because I just won't have any sound effects today. Um, Despite all of this that's been going on, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, what does matter is that we have a voice for black men on some sort of media platform. Okay? Now, here's the interesting thing about it. The interesting thing about it is... You have brothers who are within the black manosphere who can contribute to the manosphere by putting out their content, speaking about male issues that men want to speak about, debating about male issues that concern black men and things of that nature. But instead of them taking the time to actually put out quality content that speak to male black male issues that address the things that black men go to go through, they would rather spend their time making content shaming other black men and telling them that they shouldn't ask for donations. This is how they spend their time. Now, David Carroll actually made a very valid point in one of his videos. Um, I think the title of the video is want to give him credit for it. I think the title of the video is um, the reason why the Negro male will never control the economy in his community. I think that's the name of the video. But in the video, he says very clearly, it's never a problem in business and commerce to engage in regular business practices unless... You are the Negro male. And he uses the example of the hot dog stand where a black man will go to a white man and pay $3.65 for a hot dog. He'll go to the Arab man, pay $3.65 for a hot dog. He'll go to the Chinese man, pay $3.65 for a hot dog. Have no problem with that. He'll pay for it with a smile on his face. But the moment he gets to the brother who's also charging 365 he'll want to hook up or he'll feel like the brother shouldn't be able to charge for that hot dog now the brothers in business just like everybody else is in business and this goes back to the whole psychology of the white man's ice is colder because here's the thing these same brothers will go over to Sandman's channel and they will have no problem paying the donation fee for him to talk about whatever topic, whatever topic it is that they want Sandman to actually speak on. But they will come to 
uh, my channel, Obsidian's channel, all of these different brothers' channels, and they will tell these brothers that you should give out your content for free. Everything that you're talking about, you should do it for free. You should do it for free. And what they use as the excuse to say that you should do this for free is that you're on YouTube. YouTube is free. That's what they'll say. YouTube is free. But is it? Is it really free? Is it really free? So here's the thing about the YouTube platform. It is free for you to upload your content onto the platform. But somebody is paying for this content. Who's paying for the content? Originally, originally, it was the advertisers who was paying for the content. The advertisers were paying for the content. And now YouTube has even set up YouTube Red where you pay so much a month not to have ads. Now, why would they do that? Because if you're not going to pay that fee, they got to put ads on the videos so that they can make revenue. Because they didn't create the platform YouTube just for it to be there, for you to put your content on there. Whether you know it or not, whether you understand it or not, it costs a shitload of money to store videos. To have the servers to store all of these videos costs a lot of money. It is because of this that YouTube is a gaping hole when it comes to profit. YouTube doesn't make any profit. It loses money every year strictly because of the servers. Because it allows you. It allows you to upload as many videos as you want, regardless of what the videos are. You could upload a seminar that's going to benefit a great deal of people, or you could upload some janky-ass video of your cat licking his ass. And unfortunately, the majority of YouTube is the latter, not the former. The majority of YouTube are a bunch of bullshit videos that nobody cares about. But they have to store these videos. They have to house these videos. Okay? They have the service to house these videos. In fact, YouTube would have been went bankrupt if Google hadn't bought them. Okay? And to this day, Google still loses money on YouTube. The only reason that they can keep it going is because Google makes so much freaking money. Google is, matter of fact, YouTube is the second largest website in the world, second only to Google. It's the only reason. So when you people get up here and say, YouTube is free, no the fuck it isn't. Google is paying for you to be able to upload your videos. Google is paying to house your videos. Now the funny thing about it is, during the debate between Obsidian and O'Shea Duke Jackson, O'Shea said to Obsidian, you want people to give you money to pay your bill or to pay this or to pay that as if 
O'Shea doesn't take any of the money he gets from donation and pay any of his bills. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. What else does O'Shea do for a living? By his own admission, he's a college student. He has no other source of revenue. So, of course, he would use some of the money that he gets from donations and things of that nature to pay whatever he has to pay. And you know something? There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. To think otherwise is ridiculous. But he tells Obsidian that he has the welfare mindset because he expects people who view his content to donate. That's not the welfare mindset. The welfare mindset is to expect something for free or feel you are entitled to something for free. When the entire time that you are getting whatever it is you are getting for free, somebody else is footing the bill for it. That is the welfare mindset. Which means the only welfare mindset that is occurring are the individuals who come to YouTube thinking they can watch something for free or thinking that they can upload their content for free. That is the only welfare mindset that's going on. Because you think, and if you've ever said YouTube is free, you have the welfare mindset because YouTube is not free. It may be free to you for the moment, but Google is footing the bill for it. Now, when it comes to the content creators like Obsidian or myself, if I put a live stream up right now, like I'm doing right now, and you say, well, this live stream is free. No, it isn't. Because guess what? You see these people who just donated? They just paid for this live stream. And if you are sitting there watching this live stream right now, and you have not donated to this channel, nor have you ever donated to this channel, the people you see right here on this list or on the ticker down there, they just footed the bill so that you can watch it for free. That is the welfare mindset if you have not donated. That's real talk. Because you're getting something for free and you're expecting other people to foot the bill for it. But in your mind, it's free. Go to the hood and, and have a conversation with some ratchet, ghetto, ignorant chick who gets food stamps. She'll tell you it's free food. But in actuality, it's not free food. If you are a taxpayer, you are footing the bill for that free food. You're paying for that food. But somebody's paying for it because there is no such thing as free. Especially not in a capitalist society. There is no such thing as free. Now, here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing is that you will have individuals like O'Shea tell obsidian that well if people found your content valuable they would pay for it right well here's the question why don't they why don't they find it valuable 
Is it because the moment he asked for a donation in that moment, that's when they say, I don't find it valuable enough to purchase. I don't find it valuable enough to donate. Well, you got to ask them. Well, if it's not valuable enough to donate or pay for, how often do you watch the show? Oh, well, I watch it every day. Well, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you watch it every day, but you don't think it's valuable? You watch it every day, but you don't think it is uh, worth patronizing? That doesn't make sense. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. We've seen this before. We have witnessed this before. In commerce and in business. The individual who says that is the person who goes into a restaurant or a grocery store or some sort of retailer. And this retailer has a free sample. And every day they sit the basket of free samples out. And the entire point of the free sample is for you to take a sample, see how good the product or the service is to encourage you to buy and become a repeat customer. But there are individuals lacking in scruples. There are individuals who are of low value who will come to that store and take a free sample every single day. And never purchase what they're sampling. And if you ask them, well, why don't you purchase what you're sampling? They will always say, I do not think it is worth purchasing. I don't think the product or service is good enough to purchase. Translation, I like the product, but I do not want to pay for it. Now there's a term for this. There's a term for it when you like a product, but you don't want to pay for it. You want it for free. There is a term for that. It is called stealing. It is called larceny. It is called robbery. This is why we have certain laws in reference to this shit. Because you are not the first person. In the history of the world. To try to pull the wool over the eyes of other people. You are not the first person to try to use the shaming tactic of. Well I don't think it is worth purchasing. You're not the first person. You're not. Now, there are many of you who will say, oh, well, you know, a YouTuber just putting up a video, that's not something that you buy. That's not something that you purchase. Well, what is a YouTube video? On YouTube, they call YouTubers content creators. What is content? What is content? Have there Has there been content before YouTube? Yes, there has. The content before YouTube was television shows. 
motion pictures. Appreciate you, Tefla Don. Television programming, motion pictures, music. All of this is content. Seminars, books on tape. That's all content. That's all content. So, for some reason, a lot of you believe that because this new thing, YouTube, is here, you believe that this is not content. You believe, excuse me, you believe that this is not bankable or monetizable content. If it wasn't monetizable content, there would have never been a YouTube in the first place. The entire reason they created this was to make profit. The entire reason that Google bought it is because they wanted to save it because they saw the value in it, but it's still is still siphoning money and not in the in the black. It's still in the red. And the reason why it's in the red is because the majority of you YouTubers, excuse me, the majority of you uh viewers and some YouTubers believe that YouTube is free. But it costs to run a platform. It costs to run a a, a uh, media platform. It definitely costs to run the biggest media platform in the world. Appreciate you, Kyle Anthony. So, content. How does content work? Now, I just mentioned motion pictures. I mentioned books, literary works. I mentioned, well, I didn't mention literary works, but I mention it now. Literary works. I mentioned books on tape. I mentioned motion pictures, television programming. All of this is content. Now, what makes this content valuable? What makes it valuable? What is the difference between, say, what is the difference between, say, uh, that caveman show and Chappelle show? The caveman show, if you remember, there was a show that came out about cavemen and it was based on the caveman Geico commercial. That show had a couple of episodes and it got canceled. Now in Hollywood, when they create a show, they will create a pilot. The pilot show, they will show to people, and if people like the show, the show will get picked up, and they will make more episodes of the show. So the difference between Chappelle show and the Caveman show is people liked the Chappelle show. There were more people who were willing to watch that show, so the show is bankable. Now, here on YouTube, let's pretend for a second that YouTube is the production company or YouTube is the uh, uh, production studio. Now, there are many people who are uploading their content or their pilot. The only difference is if people don't like your YouTube video, YouTube is not going to kick you off the platform. The only way they're going to kick you off the platform is if you're not following their rules. So people are constantly, if you put up, if you put a video up and people don't like it, you put another video up and people don't like it, all you're doing is putting up multiple pilots until one of them sticks. 
So no, your 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 show is not going to be valuable. You're not going to be able to get donations. You're not going to be able to do any of this. Even if it wasn't set in the donation thing, if it was still on the AdSense model, you wouldn't even be able to make money on AdSense. You wouldn't make any money because nobody would watch. You don't have the eyeballs. By eyeballs, I mean people watching your stuff. Now, on the flip side of that, say somebody like me puts up my show and people like it and it grows. Well, I can ask for donations because I have eyeballs watching. It's valuable. There's value in the show. Okay? Same thing with before when it was on the AdSense um, model. Now, for those of you who think that it's wrong for YouTubers to ask for money, let me break down to you what occurred last year. Prior to March of last year, the majority of YouTubers were making money on the AdSense revenue sharing model. Okay? If you come onto YouTube and your channel grows, meaning you post videos and people start watching your videos and your channel grows over a thousand subs and it keeps growing, you become what is called a YouTube partner. All right? When you become a YouTube partner, this means you monetize your videos. So what happens is YouTube has an agreement that you have to sign and tax papers, a W-2 that you have to sign because you're about to engage in profit sharing with YouTube. So what happens is they put ads on your videos. The advertisers pay YouTube and in turn, YouTube pays you a percentage of what the advertisers give. All right. At the end of the year, you've made a certain amount of money. YouTube sends you a W-2 in the mail. You take that W-2, you go file taxes with it. All right? Problem is, last year, around 2017, um, excuse me, 2017, last year around March, we had what was called the AdSense apocalypse. For those of you that don't know what the AdSense apocalypse is, it was some sinister shit. Basically, what happened was YouTube cannot possibly manually monitor all the videos, meaning they do not have, there's no way, there's no way possible that they, they would have the manpower to literally go through and look at each video, look at each content creator, look at what they're putting up. And what happened is there were certain groups that had put extreme videos up. You know, people like the KKK, ISIS, stuff like that. That are putting up extremist videos. And what happened is those videos ended up with ads on them because I guess the people who made the content monetized it. So what happened is the New York Times got wind of it. They did an article about it, which caused... All of the advertisers like Pepsi, all of these big advertisers say, yo, we don't want our product associated with videos that are extremists. And so they pulled their money. This put YouTube in a crisis because YouTube was going to make a shitload less. It was already in the red. It's already losing money. So we can't have that. So what ended up happening, what ended up happening is YouTube 
crack down on censorship. We need to figure out a way to make sure that the people who are putting up videos aren't doing things that are against our guidelines. But at the same time, they still had this problem to where the majority of the revenue coming in from ads was gone. So what ended up happening as a result is the average YouTuber began to see a 90% cut in the revenue that they were receiving in AdSense. Now, if you notice, back when, back before March, back before the beginning of 2017, I never asked for, uh, I didn't press the issue about donations in my video. I may have mentioned it here and there, but I wasn't pressing the issue. The reason why is because I was making money on in AdSense revenue. Okay? Now, when that cut came, when that 90% cut came, it really didn't hurt me that bad because I had already started transitioning into receiving support from you guys. And the reason why I did that is because that was Obsidian's model. Obsidian never took any AdSense revenue. He said he would rather have his show supported by his viewers. That way, he could be unencumbered. He didn't have to worry about people telling him what he could say in his videos, any of that. Which makes perfect sense. Okay? So, I had started asking you guys to support the channel. So, I was going harder than everybody else when it came to donations right around the time of the AdSense apocalypse. This is why it didn't affect me as much as it affected other people. Now, other people, let's say for argument's sake that you're a full-time YouTuber. 90% cut is going to destroy your channel. Outright. There's no getting around that, especially if you're not accustomed to asking your subscribers for donations, especially if you're in the black sector of YouTube, because we are always shamed for asking for donations or asking the people who watch us to support us. Okay? So, just imagine if you are at your job, and you make $1,000 a week, and you've been making $1,000 a week for years, and then all of a sudden... You know, and, and you're working hard, you're doing everything that you can to, to, to grow and to get promoted. And one day, your boss calls you into his office and he says, hey, you're doing a great job. I love what you're doing. You're a hard worker. You come into work every day. You, put, you give 110%. You have a future here. But I got bad news for you. I got to cut your pay by 90%. So instead of you making $1,000 a week, you can only make $100 a week. Are you going to continue to work at that job? You're not. In fact, I would argue that you can't work at that job because you are a person, you are a person that has the lifestyle of someone who makes $1,000 a week. And it's relative. A person who makes $1,000 a week cannot go from making $1,000 a week to $100 a week without having a bunch of traumatic things happen to their life. All right? So when the AdSense apocalypse happened, YouTube was at a dilemma. 
Because now they have content creators that are unhappy because a lot of the content creators were not asking for donations. They were perfectly content with the AdSense revenue that they were generating. But you got to think, if you had a channel that had millions of subs and it was bringing in $10,000 a month in AdSense, it went from $10,000 to $1,000 a month. If you have a channel that's made, that has millions of subs, you may have hired staff. You may have hired people to edit your videos. You may have hired a cameraman. You may have hired an audio team. All of these different things. See, what a lot of these people don't understand is that just because you get on YouTube and play, just because you get on YouTube and just bullshit around, there are other people who are not bullshitting around. There are other people who have the type of equipment that you would use if you were making a movie that you would use if you were making a television broadcast show, that you would use if you had a radio studio. These people are not playing. They are what I call the professional YouTuber. Now, because of the environment we live in, where we are making a transition from the old uh, uh, way of doing things into the new entrepreneurship in this economy, most people will look at a professional YouTuber or the term professional YouTuber, and they think that it's laughable. But it's not. And the reason why it's not is because if you have individuals in YouTube who are multi-millionaires because of YouTube, you can no longer sit back and say YouTube is not a job. YouTube is not a profession. YouTube is not uh, uh, a, a revenue stream. That is bullshit. There are people here on YouTube who make millions of dollars a year. There are people here on YouTube that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. There are people here on YouTube that make thousands of dollars. There are people on YouTube who make six figures. This is real and it is not going back to the way it was. This is why the New York Times came out with that article. They wanted to combat YouTube because right now print media, uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, they're hurting. They're hurting. Even the regular news outlets like CNN, Fox News, all of those individuals, they had to bow down to YouTube and kiss the ring. You know how you know they kissed the ring? Because every last one of those uh, uh, companies that I just named have a YouTube channel. And they upload their content to YouTube. And the reason why they have to is because YouTube is where the eyeballs are at. People are not really watching television like that. They're not really watching cable like that. I have people in here right now who have told me they watch YouTube more than they watch TV. I have people in here right now who watch my show every day. If I had a television show, if I had a show on cable TV that people watched every day, I would be a millionaire. This shows you how skewed the whole concept of pay on YouTube is. If I had a show, if I had a show on television that people watched every day, I'd be a millionaire. This is a reality, okay? This is part of my frustration and part of the frustration of every other YouTuber who has bankable content, who has content that people look for and want to see. Okay. Now, I didn't mean to go deep into this. I'm going deep into this because we're talking about the economics of YouTube. All right. And I'm going deep into this because I want every last one of you to understand what all of this is about. So that you can stop listening to people who want to use shaming tactics and say, oh, well, you shouldn't ask for this. You shouldn't ask for that. Shut up. Okay. 
Oh, I'm going to go deeper. I'm not finished. I'm going deeper. So, once the AdSense apocalypse happened and we had this issue, YouTube was at a dilemma. What are we going to do? Because the last thing they want is their top content creators leaving YouTube. It's already losing money. Now, keep in mind, YouTube employs people. They don't want to go bankrupt. They don't want to lose their grip on the the uh, uh, the entertainment industry. Because even though it is losing money, there's still a great deal of potential there. Now, me personally, I know what they're going to have to do to turn it all around. They're going to have to turn the entire YouTube uh, platform into a paid platform. That's what they're going to have to do. What they need to do is they need to make everybody's channel a monthly subscription channel where they take their little cut and they give the content creator their cut. But see, they're so greedy, they don't want to do that because they're still focused on, well, if we put the videos out there and don't make people pay for the videos, we can get paid off of the eyeballs from the advertising. But that model is failing them because they're not making enough money to be in the black. I already know what they're going to end up having to do. They're going through it, and they're going to end up having to do it. But what they did is they said, you know what? We have a solution. We just recently started. We just started, you know, we had the hangouts, and we have the ability for people to live stream. This is what we'll do. We'll give them a way for the people who watch them to support them. We'll give them a super chat button. Now, the super chat button, if I had it here, you would look right there where the uh, uh, messages are and right where the emoji icon is. Right next to it, there would be a dollar sign. That would be the super chat button. Now, me personally, I don't use the super chat button because they take a large percentage of that money and I don't like that. All right. But by putting the super chat button on the uh, uh, thing, basically what YouTube is saying is, look, we can't pay you what we used to pay you, um, content creators, because of what happened with the AdSense apocalypse. Now, me personally, I believe that they have since recovered and they figured, let's leave it the way it is because they've adjusted, okay? Because that 10%, that, that 90% cut, that dropped the pay down to 10% of what it was, that 10% probably could have went back up because I've since noticed the, the ads that they're starting to get on the videos, which means that the advertisers are coming back because it, it, wasn't, it was only going to be temporary anyway because regardless of what the advertisers feel, YouTube has the most eyeballs. They're going to have to come back. There's no way around that. But YouTube has gotten the content creators accustomed to that 90% cut so why give money that you don't why volunteer money especially when your company is in the red okay so what they did is they they gave the super chat button and basically what they're saying is we can't give you the money that we used to give you you know in in uh uh in reference to uh, what happened with the advertisers. But what we can do is we can give you a way to solicit. Anybody that's ever been in sales, you know what it means to solicit. See, 
If you go out and you're trying to sell something door to door and you walk up to a business and they have a no soliciting sign, you are not allowed to go in there and try to solicit business. But the moment that YouTube put a super chat button on the live hangout, they gave the content creator the right to solicit money. And the reason they gave the content creator the right to solicit money is because the content creator can no longer make money the way they used to make money on AdSense. So basically what they are saying is, YouTube content creator, we're sorry that we cannot pay you what we used to pay you in our partnership program in reference to AdSense revenue, but we can give you the ability to ask those who watch you to support your channel this in and of itself gives the youtuber the right to ask for donations so people like o'shea duke jackson uh uh, big jxx need to shut up because they don't own youtube and if youtube gave us a super chat button then they gave it to us for a reason okay that that is the that is the uh uh end all be all of that all right now let's get back to this whole concept that let's get back to this cold let's get back to this concept yeah i know what cold calling is i i actually worked in sales for quite a while um sales and customer service with upselling um Let's get back to this whole concept of whether let's get back to the concept of content creation. All right. Now, I've said to you guys numerous times that I've been an artist my entire life. Um, After school, I attended the Art Institute of Raleigh Durham, where I was pursuing a bachelor's degree in web design and interactive media. And I also have experience in graphic design. During my time there, in which I maintained a 3.9 GPA and was on the dean's list, I was taught about something that is called intellectual property. Intellectual property. Okay? I was taught about intellectual property. Now, you may want to ask, what is intellectual property? What is intellectual property? This little sign that I got up here, it has a couple little things up there. It says invention, says licensing, says copyright, it says patent. Then it has the symbols for copyright, the symbols for patent, the symbols for trademark. And of course, it has the brain, it has the little icons for the uh, light bulb. Ideas, ideas. Intellectual property is basically your own creation, okay? When you come to my show, if you see me, I'm not wearing it today, but normally you see me with the angry man hat. Like one of these. This logo is my trademark. Okay? 
This logo is my trademark. It means it belongs to me. I paid for that to be my trademark. And just like you look up here, you see this trademark. This is the Yankees trademark. Now, I can wear this because I bought this hat, but I cannot reproduce this. This is a very popular hat. Very popular. Now, if I were to go and try to recreate this hat because this hat is popular, say, oh, this is popular. People like to pay for this. Let me recreate it so that I can make money off of it. That's against the law. And the reason why it's against the law is because they want the person who came up with this design, who came up with this company, to be able to make money off of their original creation, their intellectual property. When you come to my channel and you see the angry man symbol, you see the A that I have right there on the, you know, in front of the angry man nation thing, you see this whole show that I have created. This is my original creation. I thought this up. So when you see, um, you know, the flames, the, 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 uh, angry man army seal, the, you know, all of this, it is my original creation. Okay. It's my original creation. Um, as an artist, we learn about this as any type of content creator. You're going to learn about this. See, content creator is not a new term. Okay. Now, there are many people who are writers. Uh, Classic Ruby, who is part of the Angry Man Nation. She is a writer. All right. She's a writer. Uh, Cerulean writes. You know, I've written. If someone were to take what I have written and recreate it verbatim, just take all of my words and put it in some book or some pamphlet or some publication and not give me credit for it. Pretend as if it is theirs. That is plagiarism. This is why when you read a book, if you see a quote, the uh, uh, person who actually wrote it will give credit to the original person who thought that up and wrote it and had it published. They'll even put it in the footnote to give credit to the person who came up with that. Okay. Now, here's the thing. There are individuals who say, well, Angry Man, your, uh, uh, your show isn't worth that. Your show isn't worth that. So you can't, you can't ask for X amount of money. Because your show ain't worth it. But here's the thing. I'm an artist. So there's one thing that I understand as an artist. I don't think Pablo Picasso's paintings are worth the amount of money that they are worth. But somebody does. And just because... I don't believe that Pablo Picasso's paintings are worth or, or, or value. I could think it's just bullshit. It's somebody that couldn't paint. That doesn't give me the right to take it and recreate it. Because I know that there's value on it and I'm going to reproduce it to make money off of it. 
That is called um, a forgery. Okay? There's laws against that. When you take somebody's literary work and you reproduce it without giving them credit for it, that is plagiarism. Okay? When you... Let, let's say for argument's sake, like fences. If you notice at the beginning of my uh, uh, show, I might play some music. And right before that, I'll put the notice up, the fair use notice. Because I'm not trying to recreate the brothers' music. I'm not trying to take their music and then burn a CD and then sell a shitload of CDs of it. That's not what I'm trying to do. See, that's copyright infringement. You understand? That's, that's copyright infringement, okay? Um, the thing about it that you got to understand is that when you create content, and as a matter of fact, let me pull up the definition of intellectual property so that you guys can get the full definition of it. Let, let's, let's pull it up. Okay, so intellectual property, let me zoom in. Okay, so intellectual property or IP is a category of property that includes tangible creations of the human intellect and primarily encompasses copyrights, patents, and trademarks. It also includes other type of rights, such as trade secrets, public rights, moral rights, and rights against unfair competition. Okay. Okay. Artistic works like music and literature, as well as some discoveries, inventions, words, phrases, symbols, and designs can all be protected as intellectual property. Okay? Intellectual property law has evolved over centuries. It was not until the 19th century that the term intellectual property began to be used, and not until the late 20th century that it became commonplace in the majority of the world. The main purpose of intellectual property law is to encourage the creation of a wide variety of intellectual goods. To achieve this, the law gives people and businesses property rights to the information and intellectual goods they create, usually for a limited time period. Because they can earn profit from them, this gives economic incentive for their creation. The intangible nature of intellectual property presents difficulties when compared with traditional property, like land or goods. Unlike traditional property, intellectual property is invisible. Okay? Intellectual property is invisible. An unlimited number of people can consume an intellectual good without it being depleted, like a show, for instance. Additionally, investments in intellectual goods suffer from problems of appropriation. A landowner can surround their land with a robust fence and hire armed guards to protect it, but a producer of information 
or an intellectual good can usually do very little to stop their first buyer from replicating it and selling it at a lower price. Balancing rights... All right, OBS, stop tripping. Stop tripping, OBS. Okay, we back. We back, y'all. Balancing rights so that they are strong enough to encourage. Are we back? Hold on, let me... Let me let me let me go back a little bit just in case it didn't catch it. Let me go back just in case it didn't catch it. The intangible nature of intellectual property presents difficulties when compared to traditional property like land or goods. Unlike traditional property, intellectual property is invisible. An unlimited number of people can consume an intellectual good without it being depleted. See, I can do my show forever. I can create these shows forever. See? And see, unfortunately, because of the fact that it is an intangible good, this is why a lot of black people don't find any value in it. Because in a black person's mind, it has to be tangible for it to be valuable. All right? Unlike traditional property, intellectual property is invisible. An unlimited number of people can consume an intellectual good without it being depleted. Why do you think O'Shea is always talking about some, I'm giving people something for their money. I'm giving them an e-book. See, in his mind, he has to give them something tangible for him to have any value. And I'm going to tell you how me and him had a conversation last year after the AdSense apocalypse where uh, he had to change around his entire business model. He's still taking my advice to this day. Um, additionally, investments and intellectual goods suffer from problems of appropriation. A landowner can surround their land with a robust fence and hire armed guards to protect it. But a producer of information or an intellectual good can usually do very little to stop the first buyer from replicating it and selling it at a lower price. Balancing rights so that they are strong enough to encourage the creation of intellectual goods, but not so strong that they prevent their wide use is the primary focus of modern intellectual property law. In other words, they don't want to prohibit you from being able to, uh, 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 they don't want to prohibit you from being able to actually produce your product or service on a mass scale but at the same time they have to figure out a way to regulate it because it's an intangible good and like i said before the reason o'shea does what he does and says what he says is because he's never been a business owner he's never been in sales he does not understand the concept of economics he doesn't understand the concept of supply and demand 
He's basing it off of what he thinks it's supposed to be. This is why whenever he does whatever he does, he says, you know, he'll tell Obsidian, like, you're not offering them anything. Because Obsidian does not have a website that has people putting articles up there for people to read. He, he, ha he's, he hasn't given out an ebook. But what O'Shea has failed to realize is that Obsidian is already offering them something. He's offering them his intellectual property which is his podcast, his show. That is intellectual property. And you can ask for a price for intellectual property. Now, how much you're going to get is going to be dependent upon how many people actually enjoy the intellectual property that you are offering. But to say that he doesn't have the right to make a demand for a price for his intellectual property is wrong. Okay? It's just flat out wrong. Fair exchange is no robbery. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard that before. So if you come here and you say, I'm going to donate to the channel because I like watching his show, that is a fair exchange. All right? Now, if I just had my name on a YouTube channel and there were no videos on it and people were coming to the YouTube channel and they would say well, I'm going to donate, I'm going to donate, I'm going to donate and they're waiting for me to finally put out a show and I never put out a show they can feel some type of way about that they can say that's not a fair exchange they can say I've been robbed I've been donating and he hasn't even done a show. But if I do a show and you don't donate and none of you never donate, I can say the same thing. I can say I've been robbed. I've been producing content. I've been putting out intellectual property and people have been consuming my intellectual property, but they refuse to compensate me for it. That is not a fair exchange. Fair exchange is if I put out my content, you consume the content, and in return, you donate. And see, here's the funny thing about it. I'm not even demanding that everyone donate. I'm actually asking that people donate. Which means that people have a choice. They still have a choice. And that is clear in the analogy I gave you at the beginning of this. If Jay-Z does a concert... If Jay-Z does a concert and he says, you all can come in and watch the show. They come in and watch the show. At the end of the show, he says, hey, on your way out, those of you that want to pay for the ticket, pay for the ticket. Only a fraction of those people are going to pay for that ticket because they've already seen the show. And that's Jay-Z. That's Jay-Z. Why are people like that? Because if black people can get something for free, they're going to take it. Or at least they think it's free. Because if Jay-Z does that show, he had to get the venue. He had to pay the people to set up the stage for him. He has to pay an audio team. Somebody has to pay for all of that stuff. 
Just like right now I'm doing a live stream. Somebody has to pay for all of this stuff. Somebody has to pay for the, the you see how the internet keeps tripping. And I got the highest internet there is. And if they come out with a higher one, I'll buy the higher one to make sure that the show runs smoothly. The time, energy, and effort that it takes to create a show like this. Now, there are a lot of people that are watching the show right now that may be young. They may not know what intellectual property is. Yeah, they set up the, uh, they actually uh, dug and laid the uh, uh, optics for Google Fiber. They already did all of that. We're just waiting for them to uh, uh, give us the ability to purchase a plan. But um, a couple weeks ago, they set up everything for Google Fiber out here in my area. So I'm still waiting on that. Once they do that, um, I imagine a lot of these little issues I'll be having will be alleviated because I'm going to pay for whatever the highest Google Fiber plan they have is. You know what I'm saying? But... You know, the, the the thing about it is the time, energy, and effort that it takes to create these podcasts, to create these shows. You know, the information. A lot of people watch my shows, and sometimes I'm running my mouth talking shit, but I have a lifetime of experience that a lot of people have benefited from. And the reason I know they've benefited from it is because they've told me. You know, I have mountains of emails of people telling me, yo, bro, I appreciate this video or that video or video you said this on or said that on like today people who are watching this like i was getting ready to say people who are watching this today there are young people right now who don't even know probably didn't even know what intellectual property was probably didn't even know that the videos they're putting on youtube they should be getting compensated for it i told everybody youtube is just like the rap game it's just like the rap industry back in the 80s and the 90s just like with the rap industry back in the in the 80s and the 90s, everybody was getting paid off of rap except for the actual rappers, the actual content creators. They were getting the shit end of the stick. They were getting the shit end of the stick. And just like on YouTube, everybody's getting paid off of this except for the actual content creators. And then you'll have individuals like me who come along or Obsidian and see, I'm like the Jay-Z on fucking YouTube because I'm going to get the larger percentage of any money I make on YouTube. Just like Jay-Z got the larger percentage of any money that he made in the rap industry. And that's how I'm carrying it from now on. See, I represent the 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 Jay-Z types, the 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 Master P types, the, the Gucci main types, the cats who understand that they are supposed to make the bulk of the money because of the fact that they are the ones who are creating the intellectual property. You're the most valuable one. See, I'm the Ray Charles, the 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 uh James Brown. You understand? Ray Charles retained the rights to his music and made the bulk of the money. So did James Brown. But you got other individuals who want to talk crazy to you and tell you you should sign a 360 deal. When you got cats who have experience telling you no, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Now, here's the funny thing about it. Here's the funny thing about it. Back when the AdSense apocalypse happened, and I used to get, and I used to start, I started getting donations and stuff, O'Shea would hit me up, and he'd say, wow, man, I saw that live stream you did where you got X amount of money. I wish I could get that in one live stream. You know what I told him? I told him you can get that in one live stream. If your show is valuable enough, in other words, how many people watch your show every day? If you got 100, 200, 300 people, 500 people, 1,000 people watching your live stream every time you go live, that is valuable. And there is no shame in asking the people who watch you on a consistent basis to kick in. There's no shame in that. Because truth be told, you're creating intellectual property. And if the platform is structured the way it's supposed to be structured, every last one of those people who came into that live stream would be paying to see you. That's the reality of it. And I told him, you got to get out of this, this, this thing where you're afraid to ask your uh, uh, subscribers to donate because you're afraid you're going to lose them. Which is the problem with a lot of these brothers out here. And you see them, they always say the same stuff. Well, yo, man, I really appreciate the little bit that you give. And this, that, and the third. Fuck that. Later for that shit. This is the main reason that black people, or black men specifically, are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to business. White men have no problem asking for and demanding that his constituents support him. That's real talk. That's real talk. Same thing with the Asians, same thing with the Arabs, same thing with every other racial group. It is only us who run around trying to coddle black men, make them feel better. See, here's my thing. I've been in business before outside of YouTube. You understand? I've been in business before. And what I've realized about business is when you start talking shit about people not patronizing your business or not paying what you know is worth, the only people that are going to get offended and leave are the people who weren't going to pay your ass in the first place. Okay? That's the only people you're going to leave. And guess what? Those are the ones you want to leave. You don't want a discount customer. You want a customer that sees the value in what you are offering. You want a repeat customer who sees the value in what you're offering. I told you guys numerous times, BMW could sell BMWs at Honda prices, but they don't want Honda customers. Now, that's not to shit on people who own Hondas. That's just to point out something. BMW believes that their car is of a particular value. So because they believe it is of a particular value, they are not going to ask for a penny less than what they think it is worth. That is how you conduct a business. If you want to continue to be in business. I know it seems counterintuitive because it is. This is why most people are not successful in business. Most people believe that the best way to get business is to give the cheaper price. And that is not 
the best business practice. There is some psychology behind that shit. In fact, when you offer a lower price, people automatically think, why is this so discounted? Is it because it isn't worth anything? And it makes people not want to buy your product. It makes people not even trust your product. Okay? And trust me, I know because I've been in sales for a very long time. And I understand this. I used to sell $1,000, excuse me, $2,000 vacuum cleaners door to door. I used to be a Kirby salesman. Now just think about that for a second. I'm going to a door to sell somebody a vacuum cleaner that costs $2,000 when they can ride right down the street to Walmart and get a vacuum for $150. And yes, I have sold some Kirby's. All right. What was I selling? I wasn't selling a price. I was selling value. Kirby lasts forever. Picks up better than the average janky ass vacuum cleaner that ain't made of shit sitting down there in Walmart. Selling value. So when you hear me say, yo, support the channel, I'm asking you to support the value of this channel. I'm asking you to support because I come on here every day and I try my best to give you information that you don't have. I try to inform you. And at the very least, I try to entertain you. And I told O'Shea the very same thing. And that is why last year he went hard in the paint saying, you brothers need to donate. You brothers need to support. Support. And that is why if you go over to his live stream right now and you watch his live stream, you'll notice guys will be in the super chat donating. All while he's sitting there saying that other YouTubers should stop begging for money. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And I find it ridiculous because I've had numerous conversations with him on strategy on how to acclimate black people into supporting black channels. I literally said to him, we have to train our brothers to support their interest. I said to him, we are the pioneers. If we don't get this shit right. There won't be no generation of manosphere speakers coming behind us. Because they won't be able to do the shit because they won't get the support of other black men. <laughs> See, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm a pioneer. I know I am going to catch hell. I know everybody's going to disagree with the shit that I'm saying. But I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit because I'm trying to do something that has never been done in the history of media before. All of us are. We are trying to do something that has never been done in the history of media. We are trying to create black male media that speaks unapologetically to black male issues in America. Do you understand that? What's going on with my screen? Is the stream still up, guys? I'm having some little technical issues over here. Oh, yeah, it's still up. Cool. But I told him, I said, we, we're, 
we're all of us that you see up here doing this. This ain't no joke. And it ain't no game. Why do you think I got so angry with him when he flagged my channel down? Why do you think I got so... Last night, I was on BGS's platform, and there was a dude who came in there that goes by the name of Kenneth Thomas. Now, y'all know that Kenneth Thomas has been quote-unquote trolling me, but he's been taking my content, basically stealing it and reposting it. Now, last night, he agreed that he would stop doing that, and I hope he does. If he stops doing that, I'll stop picking on him. All right? Just in case you didn't know, notice, Kenneth, because I know you're watching. You said you would stop doing it. I'm gonna take you as a, I'm gonna take you at a man of your word. And if you do stop doing it, I will stop picking on you. I will stop making the videos, making fun of you. That's real talk. But part of the reason I was so angry with him is because of the simple fact that you are a black man, and whether you like me or not, you doing the shit you're doing is hurting us. It's hurting you too. Because brothers are speaking for the issues that you have to deal with every day. And the last people that should be causing a problem for men in the black manosphere on YouTube talking about men's issues, pioneering black male media, the last people that should be causing a problem for that is other black men. The last people that should be telling black men that they should not get support from their constituency is other black men. Because other black men are your constituency. And nobody is going to talk about our issues but us. Not with the ferocity that we need. So you need to understand this. You need to cut out the shaming language. We're not women. Stop telling other YouTubers that they shouldn't ask for resources. Because that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. It's resources. I would not have this mic if it were not for the support of brothers. Because don't get it twisted. I don't have the amount of supporters that I would like in reference to how many people watch my show every day. Because it's not for a lack of interest. I have a lot of people who watch my show. But of the people who watch my show, there's a very small percentage who actually support. I call them the faithful few. And they make all of this possible. And they have my undying gratitude. I love them to death for it. Which is why I created a whole other platform outside of YouTube, which is Discord. Where we have all sorts of discussions. Talk about all sorts of topics. It's a community. It's the Angry Man Nation. It's a place where they can go and they can be comfortable talking about whatever they want to talk about and they know whatever is on there stays on there. There are people on there who have revealed a real name, all a lot of their personal information. It stays on there. And they have never once saw me in that chat room on Discord post a link for a donation. And the reason why I don't do that is because the majority of the people who are in Discord that I have all of these conversations with, they've already donated. They already donate on a consistent basis. The majority of them are my Patreons. The majority of them donate to the live stream. So I make sure that I have that. 
and maintain that. And I make sure that people do not come in there fucking it up. Because a lot of people enjoy that. They enjoy that camaraderie. Why do you think when certain individuals did things that I didn't like and I put them out of Discord, they came back angry and upset? Please let me back in. Because people love fellowship. They love camaraderie. And in my Discord, the way I have it set up, women have just as much say-so as the men. Ain't no bias in there. And we talk about all kinds of topics. Sometimes we talk about sometimes we talk about deeper topics on Discord than I talk about on this hangout. Excuse me, on these live streams. So what you don't realize is those of you who come to my channel, come to my live stream. Those of you who come to my live stream that do not donate. Not only not only are you getting uh, 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 free content? But the faithful few are paying for that content. That's why I give them that extra bonus. That's why I will go in there and talk for hours at a time. And never ask for a donation in there. Because they should be able to have something that those of you that come in here and freeload can't have. Because they're paying the cost. Not only to make sure the Angry Man Nation keeps going and the Angry Man Army keeps going. But they're paying the cost so you can watch all of this. So I'm saying that to say this. Those of you who don't usually donate. Those of you who don't usually donate. Start donating. That's all you got to do. It's fairly simple. It's fairly simple. I put the link up there. I say, hey, show some love and donate $20. If you got $20, cool. If you don't got $20, donate $5. Ain't nobody telling you you got to donate every stream. But donate something. Don't just watch my content for an entire year. 365 days. 365 videos. Because I do a live stream every day. Sometimes I might take a day off, but some days I'll double up. Some days I'll triple up. So I know I'm getting at least 360 live streams a day. And if it wasn't for individuals flagging me, I would leave every last one of these live streams up. If it were not for individuals flagging me and hating on my channel and hating on my opinion, I would leave every last one of these live streams up and you'd be able to go back and look at them whenever you want to look at them. But because of what people are doing, I have to repost my live streams to Patreon. Now, for those of you who say, oh, well, you don't post them all to Patreon. Patreon does not store videos. I just got through telling you at the beginning of this, YouTube stores videos and it costs them a shitload of money. This is why the majority of uh, websites do not store videos. Because it costs too much money to house all of that, all of that media. All of that, uh, uh, all of those, uh, uh, all of that content. What happens with uh, Patreon is you have to link it from somewhere else. I don't leave it on YouTube because if I leave it on YouTube, it's still flaggable. So what I have to do is I have to go to Vimeo and I have to pay for Vimeo. See? And why do I have to pay for Vimeo? Because... 
you have to pay for storage. And I am limited to the amount of storage or the amount of videos I can upload to video per, uh, to Vimeo per week. And the videos that I do, if you notice, these videos are over an hour, two hours, so they always end up being a couple of gigabytes. I can only upload five gigabytes a week to Vimeo. Now I could pay more so that I could be able to upload more, but that's gonna cost me more money. And I'm already having an issue with not enough people donating, okay? I'm already having an issue. So I take what I can get and I work with what I got, with what I have. So what usually ends up happening is every week I will upload three, four, maybe five videos. The only way I can upload five videos is I have to compress the videos down to one gig. And when I do that, it distorts the video. It pixelates it. It takes away the quality. Some of you probably are on Patreon. If you looked at some of my videos, you said, why is it pixelated like that? Because I had to compress it so that I can get five videos up there in a week. So that you won't be like, he doesn't upload his live streams to Patreon. I do. You're just going to have to wait a little longer. Because I can only upload so many per week. Okay, this is why. So for all of you who are uh, uh, pulling your Patreon support because you feel like I'm not putting enough content up there, one, that's not what Patreon is for in the first place. Patreon is for people who don't want to donate every live stream. They just want to donate something per month because they like the live streams I do. Me putting videos over there are a bonus, like I've said numerous times. My videos on Patreon are like the pink shirt that you get. Appreciate you, Quincy. My videos, my videos, my videos on Patreon are like the pink shirt you get when you donate to breast cancer awareness. They may give you the pink shirt. But you're not donating for the pink shirt. You're donating because you believe in the cause. See what I'm saying? That's what Patreon is for. Now, regardless, I'm going to always give you that pink shirt. But you can't get mad when you don't get the pink shirt right away. Because that's not the reason you're, you should be donating in the first place. Okay? Then, like I said, it takes a certain amount, it takes a certain amount of time for me to upload the content to Vimeo because Vimeo, the space is limited. They charge a shitload of money on Vimeo for uh, space. They do. And what I do is I link the videos from Vimeo to Patreon. All right. So that is the reason. I shouldn't have to go into all of that, but I'm going to go into all of that for all of you because I'm tired of the Patreon bullshit. And you know what I mean? Once it starts to get to the end of the month, people start pulling and changing their, uh, 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 changing their patrons. So if you were a $20 patron, you get to the end of the month, you'll try to change it to five. Or some of you don't even do that. Some of you just be like, I'm going to delete it. 
And like I said before, every last one of you who have deleted your patronage, I've blocked you. Because I don't have time for people playing. If you want to become a patron, the least you can do is commit to at least six months. If you become my patron for at least six months and then you say, hey, angry man, I was a patron for six months and, you know, I no longer believe in what you're doing. Ain't nothing I can do about that. But if you're changing your patronage because, well, I like O'Shea more and and I don't like the fact that Angry Man got into it with O'Shea, you're an asshat. You're a complete and utter asshat. All right? There was a little issue that happened between me and O'Shea. Uh, then there was a little issue... Where Alan felt some type of way about me. Alan Roger Curry. I didn't publicize it. I didn't say anything about it. Because I didn't feel like everybody needed to know about it. Because all it really was. Was a misunderstanding. Okay. But I didn't like the assumption he made. He made an assumption that I was trying to do something grimy to him. And I really didn't appreciate that. Did I stop becoming his patron because of that? No, I didn't. I continued to be his patron for, I think, I know I was his patron for at least six months. Probably longer than that. And then after that, I said, you know what? I told Brandon Meeks Music that I would be his patron. And Brandon could use my support a hell of a lot more than Alan can. Alan is good. He has plenty of support. So I changed, I took that $10 and I put it on uh, Brandon Meeks. But Negroes will look at me and they'll be my patron and they'll be O'Shea's patron. And because me and O'Shea got a problem and they like O'Shea more because he tells them what they want to hear. They'll say, oh, I'm going to stop being Angry Man's patron. Okay, it is what it is. But just know if I go and look and you deleted your patronage and you don't say anything or tell me why you deleted it and I look and you're a patron of O'Shea I know why you did it I know why you did it I'm not sweating it because I get new patrons all the time it's just annoying because when you got that going on your patronage doesn't grow like it should grow because you constantly got people cycling in and then other people cycling out So you can't get to the point like other content creators, like the white YouTubers who have thousands of patrons. They have thousands of patrons. You feel me? Yo, the days of the commission haven't went anywhere. John Curtis... You said, I do miss the days of the commission, AM, ODJ, Jap, Ringo. Y'all have had a lot of YouTubers running cover. Yo, l- let me make this clear. Let me make this 100% certain. I am the commission. I started the commission. And whether you want to understand it or not, the commission is still here. The commission is on Discord. Commission didn't go anywhere. That's real talk. 
See, here's the thing that you got to realize. The person who started the commission is the person who shuts the commission down. Not the person who was invited to the commission. Okay? That's how that works. If I remember correctly, John Curtis, at the beginning of every single live stream, I say, long live the commission. I'm talking about my commission. You understand? My commission consists of individuals like myself, Cerulean Gray, Char Willie, Jay Sean, Mean Nicole, Classic Ruby, The Grinch God, and a lot of other individuals. That's the commission. But anyway, I hope this clarified uh, a few things about the economics of YouTube and how everything works. Okay. Now, of course, can't leave this up, unfortunately, but I tell you what I will do, guys. This is what I do. Anytime I have a live stream like this, it's a really good live stream and a really informative live stream. I can't keep it up, but what I will do is I will repost it in podcast format on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right. So before the date, before the night is over, I will have this posted on um, iTunes and SoundCloud so that you guys can listen to it and go back and listen to it and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. You feel me? But before we get up out of here, I need to read the, the extreme chats from yesterday and the ones from today. So let's do that real quick. Let's see. So yesterday, we had a few people donate yesterday. So let's 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 get to that. Give me a second so we can get the money up here. Get to the money. Is my thing back on now? I don't know why I died. Get my sound effects right, y'all. Oh, that's what that's what's up, uh, Fubar. He said, "Love your SoundCloud AM. It gets me through work every day." That's what's up. I appreciate it, man. I need to upload more stuff, more content to it. Um, you know what I'm saying? But I try to make sure that everything that gets uploaded to SoundCloud is quality. Um, you know. But, let's see. Okay. So, let's see. The first person who donated yesterday was the Grinch God. Grinch God said, fuck the other side. We out here. And we probably out here with your bitch. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Grinch God is a savage, man. Y'all just don't know. Grinch God go in. Let's see. Then we had Lamont125 donated. Appreciate you. 
Then we had Eston Pants. He said, your words makes me want to listen to my dad very closely. He points out many things you do, and I thank him every day for it. Appreciate you, bro. Victor Vega says, just got in. Did you see the Dragon Ball Super movie trailer? Thanks for the content, and I'll donate more in the upcoming weeks, months, and hopefully years. Appreciate the donation, bro. And yes, I did see the Dragon Ball Super trailer. It didn't really give away much. I'm really interested to see who that individual was standing on the mountain that Goku was getting ready to jump at. Uh, it looked like one of the brothers, one of the wolf brothers, um from that other universe but the fur was kind of different so i don't know who it was but i'm definitely look for, looking forward to the movie later this year of dragon ball super um definitely looking forward to this last episode um this saturday um the one last week was awesome the freaking artwork on it was was ridiculous it, it makes me mad i can't do live um reaction videos because they try to hit you with copyrights but um yeah, that joint was off the hook. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. But yeah, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate the donation. <laughs> then we had Mal Malachi said, keep lending and doing the damn, keep leading and doing the damn thing. Appreciate you. Then today we had another we had a donation. The first donation of the day came from Cats 938, another one of the commission members and a angry lady. Appreciate the donation, Cats. <laughs> then we had Bamboozled Black Baby Boomer. He said, keep doing your thing, sir. I appreciate you, baby boomer. <laughs> then we had Water Sniper came through with a donation. Appreciate you, bruh. And by the way, Water Sniper, I appreciate you donating, fam. But fam, you can't do that, man. You can't distract me in the chat room like that. Throws me off and it pisses me off to no end. But I definitely appreciate you donating, fam. Appreciate that. Then we had Maxwell285. He said, wish I could donate more. Keep on, keep on the great work and stay fighting. Appreciate you, bro. Then you got DMV Nitro. DMV Nitro said, yo, fam, don't sweat the trolls hating your hustle. Appreciate you, fam. Now, see, we got a couple of new, uh, we got, I see we got a couple of new subscribers. Well, not subscribers, but donators. Um, let's see. We got Lamont125. He's not new, but I appreciate you, bro. Then we got Tefladon, who's new. Appreciate the donation, fam. Then we got Kyle Anthony, who's new. Appreciate the donation, fam.
Then we got Ryan ML. He said, good shit, bro. Appreciate you, fam. Let's see. Then we got Nisha Tats. Nisha Tats said, mod or not, still, I'm going to still support. I appreciate you. And if you want to know why that is, all you got to do is message me in Discord, and I'll let you know why. But appreciate the donation. Then we got Quincy Watson. He said, been watching, be watching for a year now. First time donating. Keep pushing, big dog. Hey, man, I appreciate you for donating and answering the call, fam. Trust and believe. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. But, yo, with that, we are about to get up out of here, man. I'm about to get out of here and jump back on Discord and run my mouth some more. Um, But like I said, man, like I said at the beginning of the show, man, shout out to the Angry Man Nation. Um, Salute to the whole Angry Man Army. One love to the faithful few. I appreciate every last one of you guys. Um, It is because of you, the faithful few, who always donate, who always show love, that I was able to bounce back, not only from the AdSense apocalypse, but also from being false flag and having my main channel basically wiped off the planet and destroyed. If it were not for the faithful few, if it were not for you guys, I would not be able to keep doing what I'm doing. So I definitely appreciate you guys. And for those of you who are not among the faithful few it is very easy to become one of the faithful few all you have to do is donate something and show some love as you can see i give recognition to everybody who donate and support the channel every chance i get and like i said we are getting closer to reaching the goal that uh we're getting closer to being back where we were at once we get back to where we were at on this channel not as far as subscribers but as far as revenue i'll be able to start the angry tanks again All right, so do not forget, um, I have not forgotten, Will Viper and Artisan MC, I owe you guys an angry tank, and don't worry, once we're able to start it up again, you will get your angry tank, all right? Um, You said, when's the next show? The next show is tomorrow, all right? Next show is tomorrow around this time. This one was a little later. I try to do it around the evening time, around the same time, um, hopefully around 6 or something like that, so just, you know. Be on the lookout for the show around that time frame. Hopefully, I try to do it around the time frame where I feel like everybody's gotten off of work. All right? But let me get up out of here, man. Like I said, shout out to the faithful few. Long live the commission. You know, we're going to do our thing. But when you guys get a chance, and I promise I'm going to come out with some new designs. But when you get a chance, if you want to get a new Design. If you want to get some Angry Brand merchandise, go over to theangrymanchannel.com. Check out some of the merchandise we have. You can use the coupon code ANGRYCHURCH, and you can get 10% off. And like I was saying during the live stream, man, become a patron. Become a patron. And for those of you who are patrons, maintain your patronage through the month. Not just the beginning of the month. 
Become a patron. You can check out my videos. You can check out the live streams that I repost over there. Keep in mind that it takes me a while to get all of the live streams over there. All right, we got a backlog, but it is what it is. They will end up over there. So become a patron. Show some love. It's greatly appreciated. You understand what I'm saying? Um, also, follow me on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Periscope, Pinterest, at Angry Man Channel. Right, and I know a lot of you wondering what do you mean Pinterest. There's a lot of photos and stuff on Pinterest that I like, and I actually put into my little, uh, in little categories and stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff over there. That's the geek side of me coming out. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, go to the underscore Angry Man. And like I said before, this live stream will be reposted on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you want to check it out, all you have to do is go to your podcast app whether it be SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use, look up Angry Man Radio, and it should come up. You feel me? But, yo, I'm up out of here, man. I'm going to holler at you guys later. All right? Deuces.